Hey there, uh, my name is Rochelle Mason and I am your host of our brand new podcast called Truth Versus Lies. And the focus of this podcast is talking about popular topics, worldviews, and contrasting them with what God says to be true based on the Bible, which is his word. The inspiration of the podcast came from a frustration of seeing so many people getting pulled away from God through lies and cunning deception. I noticed people believing everything they heard on television, social media, without even thinking about it. I saw zero critical thinking, and I wanted to kind of push people to start thinking and reasoning again. So God created truth and logic, right? And I want to spotlight what he's saying and basically expose the devil. So I want to share a quick scripture with you guys before we hop into everything. And uh, this scripture is in 1 Timothy 4.1. And it says the Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed at the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith and devote themselves to spirits of deception and following demon inspired revelations and theories. So this is kind of what we're coming against, guys. So let's kind of look at a few things that as our podcast is called Truth Versus Lies, we want to highlight some truths here. The first truth is we are at war with deceptive spirits. The second truth is certain activities invite demons into our lives, believe it or not. Stuff like spells, ancestral worship, even burning sage, even sleeping around, guys. The the third truth is we have authority over these demons as children of God. If you're a Christian, if you believe in Jesus, if you're giving your life to him, you have authority over that. So today we're going to be talking about taking our authority over those demons and the everyday things that give them access into our lives and how to revoke their access, most importantly. So um, as I mentioned, we are going to have some experts here uh, on to help us see through the fog of this deception. So I'm so excited to introduce our first guest, author, pastor, and deliverance expert, Pastor Tanya Hutchings. So tell us about yourself, Pastor Tanya, and thank you so much for being here on the show. Hi, Rochelle. Hey, hey, hey. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, as you know, um, they call me Pastor T. I am Pastor Tanya M. Hutchings of Salt Community Worship Center in East Point, Georgia. I am not an Atlanta native, but I've been here long enough to say I am. Um, I presently reside with my 10 children, with my 10 children and four grandchildren in Atlanta. Um, I have author, I have passed, um, I guess you could say I've written a book. Uh, I am a pastor of a church. I also run a ministry school just about trying to do the work of God and and let people get free. As far as that deliverance expert thing, I kind of got thrown into that. So I don't know about the expert part, but I'm just trying to figure it out just like everybody else. I'm just not scared to do it. That's all. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, you know, I've seen you in action, so I'm going to definitely say you're an expert. I'm going to just say that. I'm going to put my little two cents on that. But when it comes to delivering people from demonic oppression, how did you even get into that as a minister? We don't really hear a lot about that. Well, I'm going to say something that's a little bit controversial, and I'll probably get some emails, but we don't really see deliverance ministry in the Bible. We've all been called to deliverance, but because we have so many churches who don't operate in deliverance and who shy away from it because it's work, um, 
we have to have people who the Lord deems, hey, you know, I need you to take care of this for these people. So we do have people who operate in this ministry. Um, how I got into it was just because I needed it. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't necessarily in a church, but I had children who were being demonically oppressed. Mm -hmm. And I began to seek Holy Spirit about what to do. And he began to instruct me on how to deal with demonic spirits. So I was taught by him um, how to uh, take authority over them, where to cast them, and, and all of those things. And so throughout the years of just trial and error and learning things through dreams and visions, um, I've just taken up the charge that, you know, anybody that wants to really be free in God needs to be free from demons as much as possible. Yes, that is amazing. That, that's so, so true. And, you know, it kind of seems like we've gotten lost um, in that area. We've kind of lost the importance. And, you know, when I think about deliverance, I think about what Jesus said, told us to do, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, like that's actually in there. And it kind of seems like from my point of view, it seems like we've gotten lost and demons have been kind of running over the church versus the church trampling over demons. Mm -hmm. So for the, for the sake of clarity, uh, Pastor Tanya, what and for people who don't know, what are demons and how do they gain access into our lives? Well, let's see. Let's try to make this as short as possible. Of course, we know demons are fallen angels. For those of us who don't know, they're not bad people who died and and were, you know, went to hell or whatever, you know, like we say people are angels when they die. No, demons are fallen angels and they are entities, uh, spiritual entities that oppress the people of God. They come um, through, they can come through bloodline. They can come through word curses. They can come through your behavior. They can come through things that you touch. Um, they can come through sex. They can come through food. Um, and one of the biggest things you made a point a second ago about church and church is not really dealing with deliverance. I think a lot of that has to do, like I said earlier, with the, the, the fact that it's not a one shot and you're done, you know, because there's the there's the deliverance piece and then there's the healing piece. There has to be healing so people don't find themselves back in that place. Another reason I think that churches aren't really doing it because right now we're so focused on um, gifts and callings and titles and other things. And when you and I hate to say it, but when you have an oppressed people, they're more apt to depend on you. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you're seeing ministries that and then I hate to say this as well, but a lot of times we have ministers who who don't walk in the authority that they think they walk in. Mm -hmm. As the Lord put it to me, they are wolves among the sheep who think they're sheep. So you have people who are passing demons around, transferring demons and are really not walking in the authority to cast out demons like they should. Be. Yes. So. Let me dig into this part a little bit because uh, let's talk about sex, for example. Okay. And I kind of feel like that's probably one of the biggest ways that people kind of transfer different spirits, if you will. And mm -hmm. we've heard little things about soul ties and things like that. Right. Can you just speak on that a little bit? Sure. Um, I believe you were with me when we were in the class when um, Dr. Singleton said that those of you who've ever seen the movie Avengers... And that scene when the portal opened up and like all the aliens were coming through, this is kind of what sex looks like when we're transferring spirits. 
um, when you the, the way that God created this thing was if we look in the first book of Genesis the first chapter it talks about first second chapter it talks about him creating male and female Adam and Eve he created them spiritually first and then he put Adam to sleep took Eve out of Adam gave her her own earth suit and the only way that they now become one again is through consummation or is through sex well, when we consummate with other people or people who are demonically oppressed, people who have uh, are battling spiritually, mentally, we are literally becoming one with that person. That's why you can be in a relationship with someone and still have feelings for someone else. Still think about, oh, I can still smell him. I can still feel him. You have fantasized about other, the other guy while you're with this guy because we have now created a soul tie. So if you think about the average person, the average person at least is, if we're going to be fair, has at least three sex partners. Mm -hmm. So that's three people that you've created a soul tie with. So now you're wondering, well, why am I battling with schizophrenia? Why am I battling with depression? Why am I battling rage? Because you have opened up a portal in yourself and taken in spirits from this person. And then we can even go scientifically. Um, it's scientific proof that when a man releases into a woman, a part of his DNA stays in her. So we have to understand that the enemy doesn't just use the spirit realm. He uses the natural realm to, bi to bind us. He uses our natural bodies against us, our natural, the scientific research of our body. He uses it against us. Mm -hmm. So we just have to understand when we are out here doing our thing, you know, we're opening ourselves up to demonic oppression, sometimes on levels that we don't even understand. I mean, there's been people who their first sexual encounter and they're having mental breakdowns and all kind of crazy stuff because the person that they slept with um, was promiscuous and they were picking up all kinds of, of spirits from this person. So I believe it's it's one of the most prevalent because it's the easiest to come by. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, that's something serious. It'll make you think twice about what you do out there in these streets, but right? They don't. <laughs> but they don't. <laughs> Wowzers. Okay, wow. So, um, what are another thing that I was thinking about too was right about now we have a lot of Eastern religions kind of popping up for the last eh, couple of years. Would you say that our American culture in the last couple of years has opened up a lot? of doors to demonic activity from other religions? Honestly, I think it's just the sign of the times. The Bible tells us that in these last days, they would call good evil and evil good. It's a sign of where we are. Mm -hmm. People aren't looking for God. They're looking for spirituality. Mm -hmm. They're looking for peace. They're looking for control. And most of the witches and warlocks that I've encountered, that I've done deliverance on, uh, many of them, don't want to go through God to get the power that they think they have access to in Satan. They just don't know that he's he's still their God too. He's still requiring something from them. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to go through the process of submitting to God to get this power that he has. Mm -hmm. So what we do, because we're looking for spirituality, we try other things. We try um, Eastern religions and we make them um, exercises and workout plans and we don't understand that God tells us that you have to look at the origin of a thing what was it created for mm -hmm. if yoga was created as a religious practice to 
bring you to enlightenment, I don't care what you put on it. It's going to do the same thing. It's just like if somebody came out and took R. Kelly's song, Bump and Grind, and made it a church song. <laughs> the spirit behind it is still the same. And by the way, somebody actually did that. You wow. can YouTube it. But anyway, you find yourself still operating in the spirit that's behind it. Mm. So, like, there's a new genre of music that they call schizophrenic pop. Um, and when you listen to it, you literally can feel your mind like becoming unhinged. So you can't change the spirit behind something. So if yoga, the spirit behind it is transcendentalism and, 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 and enlightenment, I don't care if you do it in church in a chair. It's still the same thing. You're still inviting kundalini spirit in. You're still opening up chakras. And now you have a whole serpent that's living in your body, in your spirit or in your soul that has made you think that you are hearing from Holy Spirit when you're not. Wow, wow. So inviting those spirits and not even realizing that that's what you're doing because it's another name attached to it. Or, or there's... I think the biggest problem is not the name. It's the fear of being different. Because you can, like I've told pastors, hey, listen, you know, I understand you got yoga, chair yoga going on for the senior citizens. But, um, you know, that's demonic. Well, everybody else is doing it. You know, nobody mm -hmm. else is having a problem with it. And, and I believe that one of the biggest problems of the church is not going to be that we don't do something it's going to be that we don't say anything we let a lot of stuff just happen and we don't stand up for what's right or what's the truth and we don't move to truth because we don't want to be different even though we say I want to be different you know but everything that we do shows that we have a herd mentality and I think that's the biggest problem um, I tell the young people that I minister to in the class if you don't have the rhema which is the the spirit inspired prophetic word and the logos which is the written word i wouldn't trust it mm -hmm. because you're hearing voices from the second heaven you're hearing your soul you're hearing your own soul speak you're hearing your flesh speak you're hearing the enemy speak so whenever you're dealing in spirituality it must be done through the lens of the holy spirit you can't go out here and just tap into other things crystals and candles because nothing, nothing has the power to defeat darkness but the enemy. Not a candle, not a crystal, not a rock, not a, uh, not ammonia, not salt, none of that. You know, the, only the power of the Holy Spirit, only the blood of Jesus eradicates the enemy. Yes, that is so, so true. And, you know, it's interesting, and I like how you brought that up about the pastors and the yoga and stuff, because I've noticed a lot of people that grew up in church are really open and receptive to these other things and almost kind of like mixing it together but I think the thing that we don't get is the fact that the enemy is a deceiver so his whole job is to make it look like something else and we just kind of like you know don't pay attention to that so can you talk a little bit more about that deception? Like you mentioned the Kundalini and I hadn't even heard of that until you mentioned it in uh, the class, but talk about that. Um, and I think a lot of us have seen different things on television and in different churches where people be going wild and acting kind of weird and we don't really understand it. And they say, oh, this is the Holy Spirit. But talk about how the enemy has tried to cloak uh, those spiritual things with something else. 
Right. Well, we understand that God has given each of us a will and he, the creator of the universe, does not supersede our will. But here we have this enemy who is who is after our soul. And so the only way that he can get our will from us is to deceive us. He can't, you know, no Christian is going to just openly say, okay, I'm going to serve Satan. So he has to so blur the lines between what is God and what is not that you are confused. And I think this is one of the problems that we're having with Christians now that they don't understand discernment. The average Christian thinks discernment is you is the power of the Holy Spirit to discern good from evil. You don't need the power of the Holy Spirit to know someone is a witch. The discernment is to discern what is God from what appears like God. And when you start understanding that, now you, you can begin to see and your eyes start opening to the deception of the enemy. So what he has to do is he has to create an atmosphere because he doesn't have the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. He's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. He doesn't have healing. and all. He has, so he creates an atmosphere for people to be moved in their emotions. And so how witchcraft works is that there's this entertainment. You know, the enemy was what? The, the great cherub. He was the entertainer of heaven, for lack of a better word. So everything he does is to entertain us, to pique our flesh, to pique our emotions. And so everything he does to in the area of deception is to make us think that it's greater or bigger than, than it is. Okay, for instance, the average Christian, when we look at Jesus, we can't understand that he's basically very simplistic. It's seeds, fruit, fish, you know, wheat, nothing major. But so this flesh says it can't be that easy. I, I, it's got to be something else. It's got to be Jesus and or God, but it's not. It can't just be Jesus. So we look for something bigger. We look for something more grandiose. We, we, if, this, if this is supposed to be power, then it's got to be huge. It's got to be showy. I got to be shaking or falling out or I got to be. And so we don't understand that this is not a Jesus culture. It's a Christ lifestyle. The power comes when you can intertwine your life with him, not show up and he can show out on your behalf and make chairs move and all of this crazy stuff. So it's a need for power, it's a need for attention, and it's to entertain. And that's how he's deceiving us. Wow. Yeah, that is revelatory. And I think if a lot of people really understand that, I love how you said that, that Jesus is so simple. And he is. He's yeah. so simple. I can think of so many times where he's said something to me and it was like, duh. It was just right. a simple answer. Like, why did I think of that? <laughs> because we're always looking for the revelatory and that's what he told me I, I remember saying to him God you know I want you to give me like all this great revelation of your word like I want to be able to just like just drop nuggets of revelation and he was like why what do you need it for and I was like well you know you know you know I want to be like he's like you want to be prideful you want to be arrogant he said I tell you what I will open when you open your mouth then truth, revelation, and knowledge will fall from your lips like over-ripened fruit. Until then, you only need to say what I say. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're so broken from our past. We're so damaged. And we're that minister that's still that five-year-old that was bullied in school. 
or we're still that girl who didn't get a date and so now we're walking around with the power of God and it's like you're gonna respect me because God is you know and it's mm -hmm. all this extra stuff but Jesus is so so much a part of your lifestyle that you literally move and breathe with him so everything in your life should be like you guys are one like you're seamless you shouldn't be jumping in and out of the anointing jumping in and out you know of the power of God and I think a lot of us are suffering because we won't let the power of God the or the word of God that comes to us go through us we don't let it come to us and do some work we think it's for somebody else but he oh, yeah. says it's to you then through you. yes so I think a lot of us are getting tripped up and we're becoming deceived because we won't let him do the work the simple work the simple work it is not as crazy as we try to make it out to be it's really not it's really a level of submission and saying you know what I'm a child you know and I think we get that wrong when we say um, you know well God you know the Lord says that we should be like childlike well they always say obedient and humble and I have 10 of them and none of them are obedient and none of them are humble what they are are dependent and that's, I think, the trick. If you can become dependent on him like a child, where you can't cook your own food like a child, you don't get to drive yourself around, you can't do for yourself. When you become dependent on him, this is where you begin to see how simplistic it can be. That is so good. So good. Amen. Wow. Well, if we have any, and this, this is so many nuggets here, so many. Um, but if we have any listeners who say, hey, you know, I'm actually experiencing some of these weird things. I've been involved in some things and it, it didn't feel right, but I did it anyway or whatever the case may be. Or maybe if you have someone out there who's listening, they're like, man, I am tripping. I'm hearing stuff, seeing stuff moving in the house. I'm seeing what should they do? Well, the first place that they should go is they should begin to speak to Holy Spirit and begin. The first place is repentance because that's the whitewash. It's the place that brings us back in fellowship. So even if the enemy has taken up residence in you or is steering your mind, the repentance will bring you back to a place where you can now hear Holy Spirit again, clearly. Once you begin to repent, then you sit down with him and you ask him because the relationship is between you and him. You ask him, Lord, what doors do I have open? What have I allowed to come into me? What is affecting me? And he will begin to reveal it to you. It's that porn you watched last night. It's that video you watched last night. It's that song you were listening to. Oh, it's a bloodline issue. And so he will begin to reveal to you and then he will even lead you and guide you on what to do with it. He'll tell you what spirit to cast out and where to send it. Another thing is if you are uncomfortable with that, then I recommend that you find a ministry that has deliverance ministry. And I think the reason why we're afraid of deliverance ministry, because some of the perception is, oh, my God, I'm going to be screaming and throwing up and writhing around. But some of the greatest deliverances I have ever seen was just from the truth being spoken to them. It was like somebody shined a light down in their soul when they heard the word of the truth and they were delivered from that. It wasn't traumatic. It wasn't crazy. And so 
a lot of times it's just the hearing of the truth that can deliver a person or it may not be traumatic it could be a yawn it could be a cough they could pass gas you know it doesn't have to be some crazy rhythm you know crazy act and then a lot of that is show Mm -hmm. You know, because the Lord says that we have authority over these spirits. So you can literally say you will not manifest. Mm -hmm. You will come out quietly and you will go. I mean, look at Jesus. They had to ask him where could they, you know, where could they go and where they could go. So it's not like they they're just out of control and can do what they want to do because of the authority that we've been given through Jesus Christ. We can literally tell them you will not rend her. You will not tear her. You will come out quietly and you will go to the designated place in the name of Jesus. And so I think once we take away the flesh and the stigma of what deliverance looks like, because we're used to, especially in the African-American church, somebody yelling and screaming and speaking in tongues and spraying people with oil all over the place. I think a lot of that is flesh. Yep. And I think that's why it's not being as effective as it should be because you are putting so much flesh into it. How do you allow Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do? So I think if you are struggling, you find a ministry and you can always come to SALT. We're at 2814 Norman Berry Drive in East Point. Um, but you find a ministry that operates in deliverance and just say, hey, I need some help. And let Holy Spirit reveal to them or you can even share with them uh, what you're going through. And some of them have uh, worksheets where you can check off things that you've exposed yourself to things that you know okay i watched porn i did this i did that um and then that'll help them isolate where these these spirits are operating in your life yes yes that is so so good and guys honestly i highly recommend uh pastor tanya get in touch with her if you're experiencing anything like that because not only does she have tons of experience dealing with that but she's also educated in it and she's educating the ministers that are coming up right now on how to deal with with these kinds of things and like she said we're in the last days so these things are happening like crazy jesus said that uh, in the last days it'll be like the days of noah mm -hmm. and it was some crazy stuff <laughs> happening in the days of noah so being a born again believer just remember you have authority jesus said you have authority i've given you authority over the power of the enemy that authority means you have the ability to command him to cease and to leave so keep that in mind and of course if you are not born again if you haven't committed your life to jesus and I'm not saying that you didn't go down to some altar and say, Jesus, come in. I mean, you haven't committed your life to Jesus. And there's a difference. Do that. That's the first step is saying, Jesus, come into my heart. And I want to make you Lord over my life. For real, for real. So um, thank you so much, Pastor Tanya. This has been amazing. So educational. So so good. You've just given us so many nuggets and power to uh, really be delivered and help deliver other people too. Um, so you mentioned the church. Tell us how they can follow you on social media. Tell us about your book. How can they find you? Okay, so you can follow us on the World Wide Web at www.saltcwc.com. That's also our Facebook and our Instagram. Uh, my book is called The Appearance of Normal, and it is my story of being molested as a child and how the Lord delivered me from fear and shame and guilt and all the stuff that comes with being molested and, 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 and things of that nature. But I did want to kind of say this really quickly to our parents while we got a second. 
especially going into this season that we're in now, uh, many of you who have, ch have children who have returned back to school, and I want to make this a point for you to understand that your children are already prophets already apostles already who god has called them to be and the enemy doesn't care that they're seven or nine or ten he's going to attack them of their at the level of their calling not at their age so many of you who are having children who are experiencing warfare at school uh, some of the teachers are burning sage in the classrooms. Some of the teachers are operating witches and warlocks, and they are buffering your children at school. Do not deny your children information and education on spiritual warfare. Teach them how to cover themselves in the blood at least, in the armor at least, because they are under great attack in the school system right now, especially since parents are not allowed to go into the schools during the day with their children. So I just wanted to make that known. Sometimes we get caught up in what we're going through and you know, well, I'm, if you had to pay these bills, you know, but you don't realize that their attacks are real and they're valid and Satan is after them. My son is 13 and he's had three friends commit suicide in 2020. So this thing is real. And we need to do something about it as believers and as parents. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for that. Definitely. Wow. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And I want to give you guys um, some information. Just make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast so we can continue to do this. Leave us a review. And I want to give a special thanks to our producer, Adam Wash and Thank you guys so much again for listening and we will see you soon. Bye.